Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The NCAA Wrestling Tournament begins Thursday, so I sat down with my brother, Cody, and went wait by wait with him to catch you up on all the potential storylines and to fill you in on the who's who. In this episode, we cover weights 125 through 157. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this NCAA Wrestling Preview with Cody Bachman. We could start with where they would potentially start the finals at where yeah yeah that's a good that's a good way to start okay where do you think because, they will start the finals oh well, i mean it, it's it's pretty heart- pretty obvious i you know i i guess we can assume they'll either end with spencer lee or yanni if they make it you know assuming assuming they both make the finals I'm going to very much assume they're both going to make the finals. So I, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you pick one. Um, you might pick Spencer Lee just because of his win streak that he's got going. Um, that's probably where I would end it. I would probably end it with Spencer Lee. Uh, depends on the matchup, I guess. Um, yeah, that too. Lee versus Glory would probably be the marquee. You know, that would be. Yep. Obviously, Glory, a returning NCAA finalist from a year ago. Yeah. But if you were at 149 and Sasso makes it, Sasso's, that would be his second time making the finals. Right. So, I, I, whichever one you would think would make a better matchup, but I think you would end with Spencer Lee. I think he's been a little more prominent figure especially after a couple years ago when he won it and said excuses are for wusses and yeah won it with no acls yeah he seems seems to be a little more of a face of the wrestling even though yanni's just right behind him but especially he's got the win streak he's undefeated yanni's got a loss this year Uh, i would think he would end with spence i would i would think he would end with spencer lee plus to be a fun way to kick off the night starting with Dayton Fix and potentially Dayton Fix and RBY. Right. That would be a good way to start the finals. Yeah. Right, right off the gate, two guys that have met each other potentially for the third time. So Dayton Fix trying to get over the hump and get his first championship, but that would be a fun way to start. Because if you start at 57 – Nothing against Austin O'Connor, but it'd be a fun way to kick off tonight with those two starting your finals. You mm-hmm. want to be sitting with your popcorn, with your bush light, ready to watch. <laughs> popcorn and bush light. Okay. <laughs> That's right. They will be in Tulsa. I'm sure they probably drink bush light down there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they drink their bush light down there. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, I guess yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want, we can we can start at one thirty three, you know, and presumably like a a finals either that, yeah. or either that, or we can segue just right into one twenty five and be like, well, we just touched on it, Lee versus Glory. You know, I don't really know who else. I mean, obviously there are going to be other wrestlers here that are going to have a say, but presumably, you know. Lee and Glory have separated themselves from Peck. Obviously, Lee has. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Glory has kind of solidified himself as a clear number two. Yeah. Uh, there are some guys that are coming up 
you would think in Liam Cronin, you know, Matt Ramos. Cardinals on the top side. I just I think your best path right. to the finals would be on the bottom side. So Cronin having a great year could make a run. Take out Pat Glory. But as you look at the bracket, you just see Spencer Lee and Pat Glory kind of on a collision course <laughs> for the finals. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, the one one guy I want to throw some love to that I thought, you know, unfortunately got an eight seed, Anthony Noto from Lockhaven. Um, 29 and two, really solid. You know, unfortunately he got the eight seed. So like, you know, potentially would meet in the quarters with Spencer Lee. But, you know, I've been kind of just paying attention to him. I remember him from last year. He was like 20, he was 33 and six. He was around it. No, that's not him. Um here I am already starting off on the wrong foot. Um, but he made the tournament last year. He went one and two. Um, he was 31 and three going into the tournament. So like, I don't know, just someone other than those two to talk about, I guess, <laughs> that I I thought might from a smaller school from Lock Haven. Yeah, and unfortunately, those eight-seated guys, depending on where you're seated, we'll see it at 149 and um, a few other spots. That eight-seed is just a tough spot to be in to run into that yeah. number one seed. But we saw it last year at 157, the nine-seeded Luan, took out defending national champ David Carr. So it can happen. But that eight seed just oh, tops man. you almost over two this morning already. Uh Carr got beat in the in the second round by that Oregon State kid. <laughs> I thought Luan took him out. No. Because he bounced Luan, the Oh Luan took Luan out beat. Young. Yeah. And that's how that's how Luan got to the semis was he had the Oregon State kid instead of Carr. All right, well, <laughs> hey, that means to tell you that a 16 or a 16 seed took out the number one seed. Right, yeah. So we're talking about an eight seed, at least sitting there at 16. I mean, I don't see it, you know, or yeah. uh, Ethan Barnett from Army. I don't see either one of them taking out Spencer Lee, but hey. <laughs> But yeah. just as you go through the bracket, there's some you know, interesting, you know, that um, Killian Cardell, you know, right. 10 and one, you know, I, I believe you mentioned he had the injury default out of the big 12 tournament. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's been ranked like in the top five and because he bowed out, they threw him at the 28th seed. He hasn't wrestled so, much lately, you know, um, Excuse me. So, like you said, he's 10 and 1. You know, he hasn't wrestled a whole lot, but you're right. He has been ranked really high all year. And you'll see this is a trend that I don't mind. If you're not wrestling a ton of matches, they will dock you in the seedings. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that going through here. If you decided to take some time off, didn't wrestle, whatever, they will dock you in the seedings. And I... I agree with it. I like it, you know, for somebody like Killian Cardinal, it just, it sucks because potentially you should be the five seed. Right. That's yeah, kind of where you were ranked seeds. all year. <laughs> so you could, you could flip this seed with Caleb Smith. And if Killian Cardinal beats Caleb Smith, you kind of look at him as the five seed going forward just right. based off of, it wouldn't really be an upset. So, right. you know, you're punishing Cardinal, but then all of a sudden you're Caleb Smith going seriously. <laughs> 
you know? Yeah. So winner of that potentially would wrestle turning all American and Michael D'Agostino sitting right. at the 12 seed. So that's just, that's an interesting little group of four there. That's, you know, you got the five seed, uh, returning all American and then Cardinal sitting there from West Virginia. So that's just very interesting. Yeah. That yeah. little, that little bracket. Yeah. The bracket within the bracket, which, you know, that's how you see it, you know, wherever you're at, you know, high school state or whatever, you always kind of look at your group of four, you know, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, and then McKee sitting there. He's, he's at the eleven. So you know, on the bottom side, you have obviously Liam Cronin, Noah Certain, McKee, Steve O'Poolin. Um, he he's a transfer from NC State. Now he's at Northern Colorado at the sixth seed. Yeah, and Troy Nickerson has that Northern Colorado program. Right. You know, kind of on the rise. You know, he's got, sure. I believe that Stephen Poland, Steve O. Poland, he mm-hmm. won Big 12s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Steve O. Yeah. And then, yep. And then you go forward a couple more weights and they've got a very tough wrestler, 141. So, Northern Colorado, kind of on the rise. Troy Nickerson's out there, you know, he national champion, you know, for Cornell. I think he was a two or three time finalist for him. So, he's he's got that team coming up. Um, another second round matchup that you kind of want to look for Braxton Brown has a tough first round in Noah certain, Mm -hmm. but if he makes it that big 10 second round with Liam Cronin, Liam Cronin had to fight for that. He was down in that match. He looked like he was going to get upset. So that, you know, that's something to look for Braxton Brown's no pushover at 24 and six and, Either one of those kids coming out, Liam Cronin's going to have to scrap. They've got good records. They've wrestled in good conferences. They know good competition. And then, yeah, dangerously sitting there is Patrick McKee at 11, <laughs> who has made very good NCAA runs. Yeah. So Yeah, people joke, you know, he might he might purposely lose this first-round matches so he gets to the backside so he can win a bunch of matches because he always, he always finds his way that, on the backside to just... That, that's what he does. He'll... <laughs> He'll pop out on the backside, and then you're like, wait a minute, he's going for third? I thought he was done. <laughs> and he's always got a double-digit speed pin next to him. Right. I, I don't know if he's ever coming to this tournament with, like, a four-seed or a five-seed. He always comes in at, like, an 11 or 15 or whatever and then just honestly makes a run and not like a, oh, he's getting lucky. He kind of dominates at this tournament. Right. Especially on that backside. And we've talked about it before, just between the two of us, like the tournament, you know, wrestling in a tournament and getting better as the tournament goes on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Some guys might get nicked up in that first round and, they, you know, they're not used to wrestling injured and they can't wrestle through it. And it's just, it's a tough, tough tournament. So then you drop to this little bottom quarterfinal down here and, um, Brandon Kaler of Oregon State um, seems to be the the seed that'll meet Pat Glory, but obviously upsets will happen. But one of the person, you know, we'll touch on this as each bracket goes. Jack Wagner, an Iowa wrestler from Bettendorf, transferred out of UNI, went to North Carolina. I believe a big reason he went there was a Ramos. Oh, yeah? 
Yep. He was recruited out of high school by Tony Ramos. And when he entered the transfer portal, I think it was an easy decision for him to kind of slide over there. But you've got Brandon Kaler and then another big one sitting at number 10, who is a NCAA finalist, Brandon Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hasn't, hasn't had the best year. Arizona State has kind of had high expectations at the beginning of the year, kind of taking their lumps. But watch out for Arizona State. There's some good wrestlers. They're starting to make the turn and peak at the good, good time of the year here in March. So, you know, can, can Brandon Courtney make a run for the finals like he did a few years ago against Spencer Lee? We'll see. Yeah. See, there, there's going to be some good wrestling. There's going to be some good wrestling. You know, of course, you're just you're thinking, oh, Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee. But this this bottom side has got some guys that you know, Cronin, McKee, Kaler, Courtney, Glory. Can't give yeah. it to Pat Glory. He, he seems to be ahead of the pack. But there's some guys here that can throw an upset in. Yeah, you know, you you, you kind of look for the storyline outside the storyline, if you will, like obviously the big story is Spencer Lee, but there's going to be another storyline that unfolds in this tournament or in each bracket, you know? And so what you kind of do is you look for that. What, what else are we going to see from the, from this tournament, you know, and you're right. Um, yeah. Knows that this, which one might throw us a curveball. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's the fun part about, March, whether you're watching wrestling or the basketball tournament, men's or women's, you, you kind of go, oh, well, it's a one seed versus 16 seed. And then all of a sudden you see this miracle 16 seed run. You can see these in these brackets, kind of these, you know, ah, this guy's supposed to win, but all of a sudden, you, you know, you see this seven seed come out of nowhere, you know? So, there, yeah, there's some good storylines, mm-hmm. you know, especially as you move to, uh, 133, and of course, we touched on it. RBY versus Dayton Fix. That is, that will be the storyline of 133. Those guys have met two times in the finals, both times in overtime. Dayton Fix is a three time finalist, and he has lost all three matches, I believe, in overtime. <laughs> and he's got oh. a world silver medal to his name. So, <laughs> he's oh. trying to get that elusive. NCAA champion next to his name. So I'm one point matches. He's, I think he's hoping to really etch his name in history and get that NCAA champion next to his name. But yeah, that heart breaks for him a little bit. I guess I've made the finals three times and get beaten overtime three times. And, but mm-hmm. his, his path is no easy path either. So yeah. my, my, my sleeper in this bracket, of course, everybody looks at RBY and Dayton Fix, and that'll be the storyline. Vito Aruja from Cornell mm-hmm. has the potential to get into the semifinals and upset Dayton Fix. And it will look like a pretty big upset, but Vito's got some, you know, last year I believe he tech-falled Pat Glory at the – EIU or EWI or whatever the, the conference tournament tech balled him. So he's, he's got a freestyle to his name. He's a returning all American. He's got big point potential. 
So he's kind of one of them guys where you're, you're thinking of 133 and going, oh, RBY, date six. Don't forget Vito. Yeah, I was just taking a peek. Yeah, he beat him. He beat him 19 to six at the conference tournament. Like, so you're right. You know, he's, he has some pedigree. He got third last year. So he's up a weight yep. this year. Um, yeah. Obviously, seems to have settled in nicely. He's 20 and one, <laughs> the three seed. You know, we, the other, <clears throat> he might have to run into potentially Sam Latona, who has, who's the only person to beat him this year. So that would be an interesting quarterfinal matchup. Vito versus Sam Latona, they'd meet for the third time in a rubber match. So, um, yeah, um, that would be interesting. Vito versus Fix, kind of a, a little bit of a couple of freestyle heads. You know, they're really strong freestyle wrestlers. Yep. So, and, and that's where I think, that's where I think, you know, Dayton Fix kind of gets the edge. He's got that um, big freestyle background. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're going to go against Vito who has that freestyle with him so we can match that freestyle funk. But he's a, uh, I believe he's a turn machine. He likes to get on top. He likes to turn. So Dayton fix is hard to score on. So yeah. we'll, that'll just be, mm-hmm. you know, if they both make it, that'll be interesting. You know, Vito, of course, second round has to potentially run into a true freshman, Jesse Mendez. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, he was seated second at a tough big 10 tournament ended up getting upset, but you know, can't, can't overlook him. And like you said, Vito has got to face potentially Sam Latona. Um, but you, you can go to the top side and not really think too much about who's going to run into RBY kind of like Spencer Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this RBY potentially second round would face an Iowa guy and Kyle Biscoglia from you and I at the 16th seed. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Sitting right below him, Brody Tasky is going to wrestle Mickey Philippi. Both guys, round of 12 guys. Yeah. So that's just that's just a tough draw for both guys. They're going to have to wrestle a tough, comp- you know, tough competition. Philippi, of course, got pinned in overtime by the NC State Kyle. Oh, Orr. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Sitting Kyle at the five scene. Yes. That was a nuts. Yep. Who, tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That Smet Mixer. I think. Yeah. Smet Mixer. Yes. You're watching that match. You're like, whole ACC tournament. You're like, God dang, someone do something exciting. And all of a sudden he throws a <laughs> Smet Mixer out overtime and pins him with his toes in the mat. Yeah. Everybody else is out of bounds and he's got his toe and he pins him. So uh, oddly enough for him, you know, he falls at the five seed. He's got, you know, an, an All-American Taylor Lamont. 11 and 14, not having the best year. So kind of thinking, Oren, you know, can he go in five seed? He'll eventually potentially run into Michael McGee at Arizona State, who for the past few years, unfortunately for Michael McGee, has been the third tier. It's always been... RBY fix Santo and mm-hmm. everybody else leading that pack was always McGee. So, you know, can he get over the hump? Can he get in the finals? You know, if he doesn't get in the finals, can he get third? Can he prove that he's that, you know, in that tier with RBY and this, you know, 
RBY and Fix, this, this weight's kind of been ran by those two. And then DeSanto just, unfortunately, the past three years, his only yeah. losses were to those guys. Yeah, and the, you know, Aaron Nagao sitting there at the eight seed, you know, he, he had a nice run to the Big Ten Finals and, and rolled out RBY in the third period. Yeah, rolled in the whole third period. Yeah. So. Looked good. RBY yeah. struggled against him. Mm-hmm. Looked Looked very good. So, so is that something there or is RBY going to come out here in this uh, NCAA tournament and make, make it known that he's, you know, Hey, I'm RBY. Yeah, this we'll, is my, this is my I opinion. have a feeling make adjustments, wrestles them in the quarterfinals coaching and Kale Sanderson will get, we'll get him through. And I think he'll look a little better than what he did. I think, you don't want to say he underestimated how good he was on top, but also you're a two-time NCAA champ wrestling a freshman. Your mindset is I can get out. And then there's a point where you got to respect what Aaron Nagao can do on the top. Right. Yeah. And, you know, first round. Iowa guys should know this guy, Wyatt Hanson. Of course, was a big-time recruit coming out of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Demi Henson's son. Came to Iowa, transferred. He's wasn't he from Missouri? Having a, he was from Missouri. Then I believe he his dad was the head coach at uh, West Virginia, oh. and West Virginia, where I'm trying to think of the town West Virginia is in Morgantown. Yeah, it is on the it is on the border of Pennsylvania. Oh, I want to say his dad right. opened it, opened it. Open and rolled him. It was kind of a big deal to get him to wrestle Pennsylvania State Tournament. But ah. any case, he was a big, big yeah. time recruit. Came to Iowa. Lee transferred out. Went to Oklahoma. So yeah. So you know, inter- interesting to see his name transferred. You kind of thought you, you know, kind of saw him. Like, hey, so. Yeah, not not much to substance on the top side. I guess the only uh, second round matchup you can probably watch that would be interesting would be McGee and Cannon, two returning All Americans. Yeah, you know, and just on the bottom side, yeah, watch for Vito Latona, Dayton Fix. It's kind of there's your boy Lucas Bird. I know you you've always enjoyed watching him wrestle. You like his style. He's tough. You know, he's sitting yeah, there I just, creeping there on the 10 seed, you know? Yeah, I just – he'll run into Dayton Fix, and I really don't think Dayton Fix will have a problem with anyone until he yeah. potentially meets Vito. Yeah. So, you could touch on Lucas Bird. He's 28-4. and four. He, You know, if he makes it there, he'll run into Dayton Fix. He's one of them guys that he sat on the outside of Fix, RBY, and DeSanto. Yeah. So, he'll, he'll pop to the backside. I think he'll have a good run side he'll be another tough out but i don't think he's going to be a tough out for dayton fix i think yeah he sits unfortunately he sits at the 10 seed and he's going to run into a buzzsaw dayton fix yeah yeah and then you know the couple other you know big 10 guys uh dylan ragason on the 12 line you know um 17 and 8 could make some noise so he has a good tough yeah, kid. Yeah, Brendan Ferretti from Navy. First round, but 
Yeah, and I, I guess you kind of look at some of these other, you know, not to be a big 10 homer, but look at some of these other um, conferences and they they win their respected conference and they give them a good seed. And I, you know, I agree with that. It's just, it's kind of tough when the big 10's so tough. Get third at the big 10's or fourth at the big 10's and it kind of looks, doesn't look great. But again, Ragason 17 and eight. Times as he wrestled, you know, RBY or Chris Cannon, you know, uh, Brody Teske, like some of these tougher Big Ten guys where he ends up with eight losses. Yeah. And then, you know, Kyle Orrin from NC State gets the five seed. They could potentially meet second round. It's 15 and five. Has he wrestled the type of competition Ragason has? So that's where this, that's where it gets interesting because I've seen it before where they, Effectively see these ACC Big 12 MAC guys pretty high because their record or what they've been ranked or whatever. And then they get into this tournament and they run into some of these guys that have had battle tested all year and they just don't hold up. Yeah. So, and yeah, then- R- Ragason, you could easily see as a 12 seed sitting there against McGee in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. And then sitting on the bottom side, Zach Redding from Iowa State. You know, the other Iowa Iowa college alum there from Iowa State, 15 and 10, sitting at the 15. So, yeah, he could run into a familiar opponent in Dayton Fix, second round. Yep. If he gets I believe they Braden Palmer from Chattanooga. Yep, and I believe they wrestled in the Big 12 finals, Fix and Redding. And I don't, I don't think Fix had an issue. But Iowa State has a good good team coming into this. So, yeah, you're right. Yep, ten to two. Yes, yes. He, you're right. He handled him in the in the finals. As as you as you'd expect, fix should be on a you know another level there. Yep, and then you know you transition into 141. Another interesting weight. Talk about this at the big. It's the same at the NCAA tournament. There's no returning NCAA champion. There's no returning NCAA finalist. Sorry, Cole Matthews, NCAA finalist last year. Was he? Oh, no, he got beaten in the semifinal, didn't he? Yeah, I thought, wasn't... uh... Wasn't that Keish, Keys, uh, Keyshawn? Yes, yeah. Clark? Yep, yep, because he ended up wrestling um, Lee from Penn State. Yep. Who Real Woods lost to last year in the semifinals. Ah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so you're right. So, I mean, this is, uh, for the first time in, in a few years, we're going to have, you know, a new face of the class. So, it, it makes it kind of exciting, you know? Yeah, I mean, you – Jaden Ironman was kind of running around here with Iowa. So you put a familiar singlet, a different face in real woods sitting at the top seed who I said all year should have been ranked number one. Trying to knock what uh, Alvarez does at Colorado, but yeah, there you, there you go. Northern Colorado Nickerson guy right there. Yep. And I, <laughs> it's really hard to ignore what real woods has done. Yeah. Beaten. So I was, I was happy they gave him the nod for the one seed. Alrez has a he's very dominant. I want to say I 
bonus rate at 50%. So he's, he's beating kids and not beating them lightly. He's kind of kicking their ass. So, but real woods, he just, he's beating Brock Hardy, Talishar, Bo Bartlett. He's just, he's wrestled these top 10 guys and kind of looked impressive. So to give him the nod for one, that's what I like to see is that he, he's taking care of business. He's beaten tough competition. He's 16 and oh, he's a returning all American, a returning semifinalist, you know, Nothing against Alvarez, but he is a four-time qualifier. He's never been on the podium, so I like the nod to Real Woods and be like, we respect what you've been doing, what you've done. Here you go. Yeah. But we'll see where he's at. Um, his little quarterfinal matchup won't be super easy. He's got uh, Alan Hart, uh, Big 12 runner-up, round of 12 guy at the eight seed. So it won't be easy, but Al- Alrez took care of business against him. I know it's just because one guy doesn't mean Woods is supposed to. It's all about styles and matchups and how they, you know, where's this guy tough? Where's this guy's tough? So we'll see. That, that'll kind of be, as I look at this bracket, Alan Hart meet up with him. The real Woods making the semifinal. I don't see anyone beating him, not saying – you know, this, uh, the Schwartz with 21 and four are hard at 15 and five. And neither one of them can't upset, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. Moses Schwartz, fun thing about him. Uh, so he's from Colorado, Ponderosa High School, um, coached by Jerian Beats, who's from Iowa, Cedar Falls native, really? I believe, Waterloo. No, Cedar Rapids Kennedy. Cedar Rapids Kennedy. All-American at UNI and now is out there coaching yes. Ponderosa. So just cool little guy there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, he could very well be in that quarterfinal matchup too against Woods. He's got to get past Casey Swiderski, the Iowa State, Iowa State kid there. Well, who's had expect, uh, up and down freshman year, you know. Yeah, and we'll we'll see where you know we'll see where he ends up. Yeah. So I guess interesting little final right below that would be Jack. Already met before. They've split. They're the four and five seed. Yeah. Of course, Jack from NC State. His name sounds familiar because he's got a four-time <laughs> All-American brother who is <laughs> an assistant coach there. Yeah. Um. Ryan Jack putting together a very, very good season. Yeah. So I believe he lost to Cole Matthews in the finals and another overtime match at the ACC tournament. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was sudden victory, a ride out. Either way, him and Cole Matthews, very close match. So you look at Ryan Jack, he's, he's 20 and three. He's got a loss to Brock Hardy and a loss to Cole Matthews. So, you know, he'll have a chance to avenge. I, I want to say you said he beat Hardy earlier in the end and Hardy returned the favor. So, again, another rubber match there potentially in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yep. He beat him at the Cliff Keen. 
or sorry, Brock Hardy won at the Cliff Keen and Jack won in the duel. They dueled earlier in the year, in November, and then they met up again at the Cliff Keen invite. Um, so yeah, and his other two losses are both to Cole Matthews. So yeah, you know, yeah, he's sitting there on the five line at twenty and three, and couldn't meet a familiar foe and and Hardy. Yep, I just kind of throwing it out there, J- Jacob Berglund been having a great year but he is a returning all-american yep so he's somebody that could rattle a little bit at the 20 seed you you know you wouldn't expect to see somebody with the 20 seed maybe carry on as far into the tournament as he might so just know he's got an all-american status next to his name and you know wins for him aren't these super big upsets if you're just looking at seed wise, yes, but if you're knowing what he's done in the past, yeah, he knows he knows how to get it done in, in this tournament, and that that holds that holds some weight, you know, to an extent. Yes, yes. So because yeah, we've we've seen it a lot, and I know we've you know me, you, and Dad have laughed in high school. Those kids would come from the western part of the state with all these wins, maybe one to two losses, and they would go 0-2. They would, they would bring full teams, and they would go 0-2 at the tournament. And it's just they didn't wrestle the same competition all year. So, like I said, these, these Big Ten guys are just – they're fun to pay attention to because they do make a lot of noise down there at these lower seeds because of how they finish at the Big Tens. They get these lower seeds. McKee, Berglund – you know, Cannon, uh, yeah, Thomas from a few years Diogo, ago. Yeah, you know, they have these double-digit seeds to their name, and they end up finishing pretty high on the podium. And that's just a testament to how tough the Big Ten is, mm-hmm. because they come in with these, you know, Berglund's fourteen and nine. We've talked before about how tough it is and where they wrestle. Five of those could be all the Big Ten guys, so. Mm-hmm. You pop to the bottom side of this bracket, and you've got uh, talked about him before. Cole Matthews sitting there. He's made the semifinals. He's a returning All American. But that second round matchup potentially run into Kale Happel of you and I. Yes, he has been ranked in the top eight, I believe, all year. Yeah, for the most of it, most part, you bet. So I, w- I want to say you told us he had a told me he had an at large bid to even get into the tournament. So he's somebody that might have had a, a rough Big Twelve, but he's got a fourteen seed next to his name. But he's been ranked highly all year. So Cole Matthews second round potentially running into a, a top ten foe in Kale Happel. Yeah. Yeah, he went 0 and 2 at the Big Tens or Big 12, excuse me, Big 12s. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I don't know if he had an injury bugging him or, or what he had or just had a, a bad tournament. Either way, either way, that, that'll that be a, a matchup to watch. I consider, I would think Cole Matthews would take care of business, but this little interesting. He's got the 14 next to him, but he has had, you know, internet has had him ranked eighth. Pretty much all year. So, I mean, that's, you know, you got a top 10 matchup right there. Mm-hmm. 
but he will eventually could run into Bo Bartlett sitting there yeah. to succeed at um, from Penn State. Yeah. So. Who's athletic as I know. I don't know if you like, you know, if you follow him on Instagram or anything, he is, he is athletic and you know, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't seem that way, but um, he is man. Uh, Does all sorts of, all sorts of crazy stunts on his Instagram. It's fun to watch. Well, Bo Bo Bartlett reminds me of uh, Gulaban. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Goomon, okay. Yeah, you just, you you watched him and you're like, he's got the mullet and I, you honestly, you saw the family and the dad had like the same mullet. So there's just this, this family of mullets and this goofy looking dude and you wouldn't think you know, he'd make much noise and then next thing you know, he's like a three-time All-American and, you know, he's beating Clark and, <laughs> you know, just kind of that wiry guy that you couldn't count out and that's where Bo Bartlett is. You kind of look at him and, and he's he's got the little bit of a curly hair, kind of goofy looking. And he, you know, like you said, very athletic and could come in here and from Penn State, well-coached team, have him ready. He's down at a weight that I think is more comfortable for him. So yeah, definitely looks that way. You know, 21 and two. Yeah. yeah and his losses are to Real Woods and um, um, Brock Hardy. Yeah. So – you know, for him, he's on the opposite side of all of them. So I would say, you know, running into Cole Matthews, maybe he'd rather run into Cole Matthews than Real Woods, but that'll be no easy out. You know, he's got to make it there yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has you know, his little run up there at the 11. Yeah, he's an All American a couple yep. years ago. Round a 12 guy State, last year. So, and South Dakota State, North Dakota State, quietly since they've joined the Big Twelve, have been really kind of on the rise. You know, just like Northern Colorado, they joined that Big Twelve conference, and they they've really been able to add to their team. You'll see some North Dakota State and South Dakota State guys in here higher than I. Higher up here in the seedings that you would, you would believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you pop down to that little bottom side, <clears throat> and obviously the one that sticks out, twenty three and zero, one of the most dominant wrestlers in the country in Alvarez. Mm-hmm. But second round, he'll he might run into Frankie Tal Shahar, who's been ranked in the top ten and. Was Alrez, you said, faced one. I think he's beat Cole Matthews, which is Cole Matthews' only loss. But maybe he's faced one other top 10 opponent all year. So it'll be interesting to see a guy like that come in here with the bonus rate that he's got, undefeated. Can he wrestle a guy like Frankie Telshahar second round? And then potentially, you know, a uh, Vince Cornelia of Cornell third round and then run into Cole Matthews in the semifinals. Can he make that kind of run? Can he wrestle those type of guys every single Mm -hmm. day? Obviously he can, he can major anybody outside of the top 10, top 15. Yeah. But can he continuously, continuously beat 
a top 10 opponent every single round. So that, that'll just be interesting. I guess he's a, he's a four-time qualifier. He's never made the podium. I don't even know if he's made the round of 12. He did last he's year. He's having a break. Round of 12 last year. He's, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I thought he got He beat was beat before by the round of 12 last year. Jacob Berglund. I thought that was before the round of 12, but that's what, either way, yeah. either way. So he's, he's looking to get on the podium for the first time. He's having a hell of a senior year. I'd, I'd like to see him make a run. I'd like him to run into real woods, you know, just so, just so real woods could, you know, if he does potentially get in the finals, he could be the one that takes the guy out. Yeah. He's been ranked ahead of him all year. Like I said, I thought Real was deserved to be ranked number one, almost match number four. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. but it, it's no easy path for Alrez, and he's going to be wrestling competition day in and day out like he's never wrestled before. So I'm hoping he's battle tested and ready for that. Yeah, and then and one course, other fun little tidbit: Lachlan McNeil. So he's the ten seed, North Carolina. This past weekend, he wrestled. Uh, in the Canadian Wrestling Championship, and he won it. He's from Toronto, Ontario. Really? Yeah. Oh, so, don't you know? Yeah, 65 kgs. Yeah. So I, I saw that. I think it was Cody Goodwin tweeted it, or t- maybe Tony Ramos or something. And I was like, geez, he's, you know, he's still putting in work. <laughs> you know, most people get this time, you know, that break last week, but not him. So, you know, he's sitting on that 10 line. 22 and seven, just and, nice little fun story there. Someone well, to keep an eye on. Yeah, he, he's from North Carolina, so he's in the ACC. So who is he running into all year? Ryan Jack and, you know, Cole Matthews. So, yeah, yeah. You know, he's apparently nobody to sleep on. He could make a run just like uh, Kayshawn Clark did last year. Yeah, you know, from North yes. Carolina. Oh, he was a 15 seed you know, running all the way to the finals, but you know, yeah, you could definitely, I did not know that. That That's more intriguing, I guess, to watch him to see how that background kind of helps him kind of like uh Vito has that freestyle background and no one really knew who he was. And now he's at Cornell and ran to make that third place finish. So Lachlan McNeil, McNeil. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. He took a, you know, Canadian, he, yeah, he had a couple tough losses early on in the year, but he's really wrestled well since the calendar flipped to January and, you know, until 2023. You know, he got beat by Cole Matthews 3-2. Ryan Jack, he lost to him twice, 7-5 and 4-3. So, like, he's put together a solid second half of the year. So, um, Yeah, and, and he's on that he's on that side of the bracket where he could, you know, Take out a Cornelius running into Cole Matthews and Ryan Jack, who are ranked, mm-hmm. I think, three and five in Interman. Yeah. So you're right there with those guys. You're going to run into potentially Vince Cornelia. Take him out. There's nothing stopping you from taking out Alrez and yeah. Cole Matthews in the semifinals and potentially getting some redemption there and finding yourself in the finals. Yeah, like you said, we've seen it before at this weight last year. So, yeah, we're in the exact same singlet. <laughs> right, we're in the exact same singlet. You know? 
Yeah. So yeah, and Keyshawn Clark's probably you know maybe he made the trip, but I mean I. <laughs> I know last year they said he was going to law school, so I'm sure he's home studying right now. But he'd take <laughs> yeah. some time to watch, you know, the finals because that that could be their second finalist. North Carolina could have two finalists if uh, McNeil kind of makes a little bit of a run there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will say his first-round matchup against Cole Matton, Matton beat him earlier in the year. So that was one of his, you know, he got beat, I think it was 9-3 in a duel you know um yep november 13th so you know and again that, that's where you get a uh acc guy that's got 20 he's 22 and 7 yep with a 10 seed and then then you face cole matten who's 14 and 9 the records don't look that great but cole matten can hold his own but if you're not wrestling enough matches they are docking you yeah, they are docking you on a seed, and that this is exactly you know if Cole Matten would probably have you know closer to twenty matches, and he'd be twenty and nine, he might find himself as a a fifteen seed. He wouldn't be finding himself running into, you know, McNeil first round. But you know, I, I like to see that. I like to see you know kind of force these guys to wrestle these matches. You know, if you can't wrestle twenty five matches. You know, twenty twenty five matches, then we're gonna dock it the NCAA tournament. It's gonna get a lot tougher. Yeah. So kind of pick your poison, you know, either wrestle twenty five matches all year and wrestle a better seed or wrestle about fifteen matches and just get yourself ready for one tough tournament. Mm-hmm. So kind of all about how you know how you feel your body's how your body's responding to all that kind of stuff. We got a lot of these uh, COVID seniors. Yeah. You know, that are getting up there in age that are 20, you know, 25, 26. Yeah. Clay Carlson is uh, 23. You know, I know he's not 25, but you know, just, he has another year. He's probably coming back. So, you know, he'll turn 24 at some point point could be potentially even 25 this time next year you know if he turns 24 yeah yeah and i know it's a little different when you get into international you know guys like david taylor burrow some of these guys are wrestling into their 30s but they're not wrestling 25 matches in a three-month span yeah they're training 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 then they're going to go to a tournament once every six months and wrestle four or five times yeah you know (laughs) 24, 25, even 23 to keep that kind of pace. You've been wrestling potentially 30 matches every year for the last 15 years. Yeah. As a 23 year old, it's just, it wears on you. And these 18 year olds are coming in like, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so you're seeing these 18, 19, 20 year olds, you know, taking out some of these 23, 24 year olds that got, you know, all Americans to their name and all that kind of stuff. But they're just, you know, I think you're going to see it with Dean. I think that's kind of where you're seeing that, you know, some of these younger guys are coming in and Dean just can't really up at 84. Can't really keep up. Yeah. You know, some of those younger guys can come in. So as you, you know, speaking of guys that have a lot to their name, an older bracket, I would say kind of a old man's tournament. You go to 149. <laughs> you know, you got you got Yanni who's, you know, been wrestling what seems like forever. Murin, Sasso, Gomez, 
Flaccus. A lot of these guys are yeah. older. Yeah, and now you spray the younger guys, Paniero Johnson. Um, yep. There was another one. That, oh, Shane Van Ness. You know, Brock Mahler, I yep. think, is, I think on the younger side, I think. Yeah, but uh, oh, this 49-pound bracket, a lot of these guys, you've heard of their name before. A lot of them are taking their COVID year. You know, one of the guys you're missing out of this bracket is uh, Ridge Lovett. Uh, yeah. You know, and unfortunately, you know, for Nebraska, I think that kind of – you understand it, but, gosh, they got a good team this year and could make some noise and could – you know, I'm not saying they're going to knock off Penn State, but there's yeah, a chance. Penn State, lost, Penn State didn't look – in second place. Yeah, Penn State didn't – for the first time, didn't clinch the Big Tens last year, this last weekend, until Starachi won it. And normally they're locked up. So like anything yeah. can happen in this bracket, you know? Um, so yeah, but it, moving forward on to 149 without Ridge Levitt, you've got, you know, clear cut. We talked about him at the beginning of the show. Yanni Dekabahales going for number four. For him, he's 16 and one, his only loss this year, Austin Gomez. Who... Unfortunately for Gomez, I know we touched on it. How hurt is he? He looked pretty hurt at the Big Tens. Yeah. And that's that's tough to see. I know that Graham Brooks was no easy out, but that's a guy that Austin Gomez should should and could handle without a problem. And he didn't yeah. look like himself. He didn't didn't look like he could get his hips under him, put any weight on that knee, struggling to get back to the center of the mat. Unfortunately for him, yeah, he's he's going to have to gut out just to get on the podium. Right. Yeah. Get, get healthy, come back. I believe he's got one more year. But, yeah, this is going to be a tough, tough tournament for Austin Gomez. And tough as so, us fans to watch. You know, like the one thing that sticks out to me was, uh, and you might remember this, um, Hunter Steber. Um, oh yeah, wrestling with those with the elbow issues and the coach threw in the towel, like forfeited, and it, it was sad, you know. And so you just you yeah hate to see it, you know. Yeah, Could, couldn't even raise his arms to wave to the crowd and appreciate, you know, everybody standing ovation, all that stuff. It was just it was tough to see, but you got to go out and gut it out. Like that's just yeah. we talked about it before. They're just kind of where their heads at. What are you going to do? No, no one's going to get an All-American honor for you. You know, in football, it's like, I'll pad up and maybe go out for a couple plays and cheer him on and they win a national title. And But no one's winning Gomez a national title but Austin Gomez. Yeah. They're not going to give him an All-American honor because he beat Yanni and had a good year. Yeah. So that's what – that's the grit here in the sport of wrestling where it's going to – Gomez, no one's going to hand it to you and you're going to burn a year. So he's going to tape his knee up and walk out there and try to gut it out the best he can. We watched it a lot last year with both. Uh, unfortunately, those older wrestlers, Jaden Ironman, Stevan Michic, and um, yeah. Michael Kemmer, lingering, mm -hmm. lingering issues, you know, and 
You've seen it last year. Jaden Ironman getting beat by Keyshawn Clark. Didn't wrestle like himself. Bounced to the backside and ended up running into Stevon Mitrich, who was having his own issues. Yeah. You know, and those two were six-year seniors trying to gut it out. Obviously, Stefan Mitrich was trying to gut it out for his team because they had a, a very good team last year. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch, but you watch it with respect what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You know, other uh, in this bracket here, you know, there is a Lovett. There's a Johnny Lovett from Central Michigan. So, yeah, uh, we we do have a Lovett here, just not in Nebraska. Love it. But, uh, you know, he has Van Ness first round. Caleb Henson, the four seed. Kyle Parco from Arizona State, three seed. Blockus made a nice run in the, having his best year of his college career, sitting on the 11 line. So yeah, he looked looked really good against Sasso. Did he did was very much aggressive. We I know we've talked about Sasso. Sasso's very he, he's he's a good wrestler. He's very good defensive wrestler. So yeah. you you watch Blockus and you watch Blockus take him down a couple of times and in overtime, it was shot after shot for Blockus and that's just where Sammy Sasso wants to be. He wants you to be in on his legs. He yeah. likes it there. He can cradle you from there. That's where he likes to be. So, you know, unfortunately for Blackus, he was trying to be aggressive. It already taken him down. He looked good on his feet too. So can Blackus bring that same energy and tenacity into the big, into the NCAA tournament? I sure hope so. Former Iowa guy. You want to see him break through and get on that podium. Yeah, Cresco, right? New Hampton. Both. Both. Okay. Both. He, yep. Yeah. He's he threw everybody for a loop because he started out as Michael Mealage at Cresco and then mm-hmm. transferred to New Hampton and came out as Michael Blockus and everyone, including me, had to scratch my head in the finals. I'm like, ah, who is that? So, yep. Then went to U and I and ended up transferring to Minnesota. He's found you know found success there. Sitting at 49 hasn't quite made the podium yet or even the round of 12. So he's having a good year and you want to see him cap it off. Yeah, for sure. You know, but of course, you know, on that top side lingering is um, Yanni. I don't know who will, if anyone will match him. Yeah. Take him out. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. His his brackets will lose. Um, But Unfortunately for us, sitting there at you know the eight seed, Max Mirren, he has made the round of twelve, kind of like Dayton Fix. He's made the round of twelve every year. Yeah, and that's that's where he loses every year. Unfortunately for him, second round, we'll have a tough matchup in Jonathan Milner. Yeah, who beat him out last year in the round of twelve, two-time All-American. And unfortunately, the winner of that will wrestle Deck Mahalis. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, so you, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you, yeah. if you had a better season, maybe you, uh, Aaron, you're 19 and four. Maybe if you would have won, you know, he lost to Panero Johnson earlier in the year. Yeah. You know, he lost to Gomez. So he's got five losses, but his losses are to Thomas, Gomez, Sasso. And Panero Johnson. So, 
He hasn't lost to a guy lower than him, but unfortunately for him, he wrestled good competition all year. And same with Milner. So, Milner. Milner's lost to Yaya Thomas, Kyle Parco, and Caleb Henson, who sits on the four line. So like, yeah, that's his three losses. And that's, yeah, yeah, and he's a like, two-time all two-time all American. Such so as those two are going to meet for the second time at an NCAA tournament. I would think second round. And then unfortunately, yeah, they're just going to run into Yanni. Yeah. It's one of these one seeds that you don't want to run into. There's some one seeds here that you're like, ah, you could see him getting beat by an eight seed, but there's some one seeds in here that you just don't. And that's one of them. I just, I don't see losing. So yeah, I've been sitting there uh, with, you know, Panera Johnson. He's got, Jared McLaren, a 28 seed from Virginia. Yeah. Transfer from, transfer from Penn State. Um, Paulsons are out there, aren't they? Yes, the Paulson brothers, yes, are assistant and head assistant. And um, I guess I was watching them in the uh, ACC tournament, a couple of their, um, was it their 65 pounder that won it, I think. Um, Uh, Elvira is out there from Lisbon. Oh, Avila. Avila. Yes, Robert Avila. Yes. Avila. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's, he's someone that I was waiting to see potentially next year or whatever. They, yeah. you know, um, he's had a, a couple of guys. You're like, hey. So Jared Verclear, not somebody you typically think of, but he has been in the Penn State room. Transferred, he's wrestling with the Paulson, so that's you know a little more seasoned. Panera Johnson, of course, a freshman. Iowa State has a very good team coming into this thing, so mm-hmm. nothing to shy at. But you know, um, obviously Graham Rooks is sitting right below him. Yeah, he, he is first round from Penn. Yep, and and the twenty one seed, you're thinking, ah, oh, not much of Graham Rooks, but he is the person who upset Austin Gomez. So, but. As you said, he's got Doug Zaff a pen first round. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm just taking a look here at you know, Mahler, the six, Caleb Henson, the four from Virginia Tech. You know, yeah. it seems like he yeah, is actually the, the main names you hear are Yanni and Sasso, but Parco has been really good. Henson. You know, Mahler, any one of those guys could. Henson's, you know, on the top side, so he potentially would meet Yanni. And, and Henson won. Stopping Yanni, man. I mean, Gomez, his style seemed to best, you know, compete against Yanni. And that's, you know, that's where I, it, yep. it sucks. I feel like he had the best chance on anybody to beat him. Because, one, he already did it. So we, we know he can do it. Yeah, yes, he had that dangerous style. Right. That's where, so we've talked on this before. Yanni, big freestyle background. Gomez, big freestyle background. So that's where these guys mix that freestyle and folk style together. Someone can't match Yanni's freestyle abilities. They're kind of outclassed. And that's where Gomez 
could get in there and could tie up with him and match him with his hip tosses and all right. that kind of stuff. You know, some of these guys like Sasso, very defensive. That plays into Yanni, you know, that, like that. Yeah, that. Yeah, that plays into. Yeah, and you got to get a little freestyle to get Yanni, and that's where Gomez, I think, was able to match him. Know know some of those freestyle positions not to get into to get into you know that yanni can put you in and if you're not used to those positions you're just going to get beat outright and that's where gomez could go ahead and put me in those i'm okay with it yeah because that's where gomez puts you and that's how he flips you on the back and you know so yeah very much unfortunate we were all hoping to see gomez and that's where if Gomez was healthy and sitting there at the two seed and those guys were the finals, which weight do you start at? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Then, but that, that bottom side of 149 is actually fairly tough. Fairly tough. You've got, uh, you know, as you talked about, Parco, Arizona State, peaking at the right time. Blockus having a very good year, but you know, second round he could run into an All American in Brock Mahler. Mm-hmm. So, which was obviously a big win for Pernero Johnson at the Big Twelves, beating a you know defending All American in Brock Mahler to win it. Yeah, and I think that jumped so, him to and the then, fifth seed. You know, like if he doesn't win that, you know, hypothetical all you want, but he doesn't win that match. You know that. You know, does Johnson get the five seed? Does he get the six seed even? Like that would that might juggle things, but whatever. Here or there he beats him. And yeah, Mahler's the six on the bottom side. Yeah, but kind of I mean, you look at it from Panero Johnson's standpoint, yeah, you won that tournament, but the same thing you talk about at one twenty five, it's stay away from Lee as long as you can. I think this weight's kind of the same. Stay away from Yanni as long as you can. Unfortunately for Panero Johnson, you know, he'll eventually run he's on the same side of the bracket. Yeah. So obviously you liked winning the Big Twelves, but kind of like, hey, if I'd have got second at the Big Twelves, I'd be at the bottom side. Mm-hmm. But you know, upsets upsets are fun. Those those semifinal matchups are a, hell of a lot of fun when they turn it into that dog bone at the NCAA tournament and they wrestle those semifinals. Anything can happen, and they are fun matches. So coming in as a freshman, Panero Johnson wrestling Yanni. He, got a guy in brett metcalf who's dominated the 149 pound bracket before in his corner yeah. so you like to think that Bernardo johnson going in against yanni he's not thinking oh he's yanni he's he's thinking i can beat him and i'm sure brett metcalf's in his ear going you can beat him so yeah, yeah another interesting you know second round potential matchup would be um you know yeah yeah thomas northwestern Potentially running into Jaden Abbas. Mm-hmm. You know, Abbas' name sounds familiar. He has a uncle, Stephen Abbas. Stephen. Stephen. Yep. Talking about win streaks, I guess I just saw something on Facebook the other day. He had a win streak of uh, 94 matches in a row, he was 144 and four. So who, who was Steven Abbas? 
Oh yeah. Okay. They, they were showing they, they were showing win streaks. This is a fun fact. I didn't know if you knew this. Dan Gable has a ninety-four match win streak, or something like that. He was ninety-four and one. Mm-hmm. He had seventy-one pins. <laughs> seventy-one pins in college. Out of his. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you sit there and go, "Oh, Dan Gable, he's ninety-four and one, and he lost one match." And when you think of how dominant he was, him losing that one match, he was ninety-four and one with seventy-one pins. Let me do the math. That's, yeah. pretty, good. That's a pretty good rate here. That's a that's a very high seventy-one pins, ninety-four matches, seventy-five and a half percent. So three fourths. Yeah, that's not. That's not, you know, we we were impressed with that Alvarez Alvarez's percent bonus rate. This is a seventy five percent pin rate. <laughs> that just, I, I I saw that and I was reading them and I was like, holy cow! <laughs> so, but, so yeah, that I mean, that's that's kind of the last name that Abbas is carrying with him. Of course, he was an All American a few years ago. He beat Max Mirren in the round of 12. Oof. I, I believe in overtime. I Did Mirren throw his headgear? I, yeah, that, that, that blood round, which is the wishbone round or the dog bone. Yeah. They put that matter, the dog bone. You are wrestling to get in the finals and you are wrestling to be an All-American. So, yeah, that, that Friday night is an intense night of wrestling that's why it's the best round to go to mm-hmm. but yeah you've got yaya thomas and Jaden abbas sitting there ready to battle it out as two returning all americans sitting there at the second round and of course you're not going to overlook it but second round you would have sasso and gomez mm-hmm. unfortunately we talked about it gomez is we think pretty hurt but in the off chance, he made some miracle two-week, week-and-a-half recovery. And as we move, I guess, out of 149 to 157, um, kind of like one, 141, um, except you do have Austin O'Connor sitting there at the top. Um, NCAA champ, he was – he did win it at 149. Yeah, he beats Sasso. So he's bumped up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He he bumped up to 157 last year. And I think it took him a while I to get comfortable. And listening to one of your guests, Rock Harrison, he was talking about how at 149, Austin O'Connor was able to overpower some of those guys at 149. So when he made the move to 157, is his style had to change a little bit because he couldn't muscle those 57-pounders like he could, the 49-pounders. So I don't know if it took him another year to build up that muscle and, you know, push his style around, but here he sits at 157 looking poised to win a second NCAA title. Yeah. So Looking at his group of, you know, Will Lawan, Ed Scott are up there lurking. But yeah, and he's he's taking out anyone, he's taking out. Find it hard to believe anyone you know 
the way he's wrestling, I know we can say that about pretty much any one seed. So there's got to be an upset or two in here. But gosh, it's just hard to find one because he's wrestling so well this year. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't think he'd get upset until potentially the semifinals. But Austin O'Connor, yeah, has looked really good at 57. I think last year he was an All-American. I want to say he was seventh. Um, I don't know if he was hurt last year a little bit. I thought they talked about him being hurt, but he just he had a rough year last year, kind of finding his own at 157. But he is he's found it this year, and has looked very very good yeah but he would potentially run into ed scott who he's met once maybe twice but he beat him Will Luan. The yeah oh. so yeah between him and will luan you know what one of those guys could take austin o'connor they could so he's he's looking like a very strong one seed but I mean, Ed Scott doesn't know how to wrestle him. Yeah. Will Luan coming out of the Big Ten had a good run into the semifinals last year. So. Mm-hmm. And he had a know. good backside of the Big Ten tournament, you know, like. Yeah. Like, he people, like he's 21 and six, you know, and, and it may seem like some people have figured him out a little bit. But just when you think you have him figured out, he has a great Big Ten tournament, even though he loses early on. Um. Yeah, we finished strong. So yeah, wrestled all the way back for third. Yeah, Show, showed why he was an All American last year. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and um, still up there. You know, Josh Humphreys, sixteen and zero, been ranked really high all year, undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and he he can't overlook that because he's you know. Potentially running into um, second round Kendall Coleman. Yeah. All American, not having, I don't think, the year we thought. I don't think he had the ah, that great of a Big Ten tournament either. But for a guy like Josh Humphreys, second round matchup against a potential Kendall Coleman returning All American, that'd be that'd be a big win, and that would push him into the quarterfinals against potentially uh, Jared Frannick. He's not all American before. He hasn't? No, I know. That yes, that's surprising, isn't it? He has not. I thought for sure he all American with Young. I thought him and Young kind of because Young always struggled against him. I thought he was mm-hmm. an all American for sure. All right then. I stand corrected. Well, either way, be a tough second round match. Right. Either way, Josh though, Hump- because you say that, like, yeah, he probably has. You know, he's been good. He's been solid for so long, but just, yeah, he just can't. But that doesn't mean he, he's not dangerous and he can't beat, you know, these guys. And and people probably say the same thing about Max Mirren. Right. And they probably call him an All-American when he hasn't actually stepped on the podium. But a lot of these guys we might be calling All-Americans were voted on. Right. Yep, the COVID year. Mm-hmm. During that COVID year, and they – I don't know how many wrestlers that with a grain of salt. If you're going to do that, these top eight guys are considered all Americans already. And they haven't even wrestled the tournament. And I can tell you what, 
one through eight and every bracket are not going to make the podium. No, no, it never happens. Yeah. No. So that's, that's why you wrestle the tournament. So that's why you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Cause every year I want to say Max Mirren would be an all American yeah. based off his seed. But every year he falls in that round of 12, you know, kind of like Coleman every year, he's probably running into guys like Josh Humphreys or, you know, a Jared Frannick. And every year you think, ah, oh, he, he was an All-American last year, wasn't he? And every year it's, he wasn't. So, you know, Josh Humphreys is hoping to make that run into the quarterfinals and he's, you know, probably going to run into Jared Frannick. Yeah. Who, for the um, most part of the year, has been ranked two. Yeah. You're North Dakota, you know, North Dakota State kid, like you were saying uh, about teams that – Kind of have these these guys that are starting to bring the program with them. They're they're good, and so the program's getting yeah. good. And he's one of them, staple of that Bison team. Yeah, and the, the schools aren't going to have ten guys, right? You know, kind of like we talked about, Maryland's not going to have ten guys. Illinois's not going to have ten guys. But you're going to start to see some of these guys make their way up and through, and they're going to have a couple here and a couple there. And North Dakota State, <laughs> South Dakota State have a couple. And this is this is one of them for North Dakota State. This uh, Jared Brannick. he's mm-hmm. uh, he's somebody who could been ranked number two, make a run of the semifinals, and knock O'Connor out of that one spot and find right. himself in the finals. Yeah. Oh, um, because yeah, I, I believe what Frannick's only loss is to Peyton Robb. Yeah, in the first duel of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't he hasn't lost all year, and the loss he had was to the guy that ranked number one all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so as, as you float to that bottom side, you know, you got kind of leading the pack, Peyton Robb and Levi Haynes. Mm-hmm. So Haynes, obviously, uh, 20 and one, he had a big, big overtime win against Peyton Robb. Yeah. That, that propelled him, you know, he, one of them, true freshman from Penn State where they, they pulled a red shirt off of him right after Christmas, maybe a couple duels after Christmas, and they're like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? And he hits. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He, like, does this. Um, it's funny. I, I, read, I read a conspiracy theory about um, Levi Haynes that uh, Kale Sanderson wrestles him earlier, wrestles him attached or whatever, you know. And so when he got that one loss, he was like, okay, okay, it's fine. You can wrestle now because he wanted his perfect record to be the only one. So uh, perfectly, <laughs> he almost purposely had Levi Haynes lose a match. <laughs> yeah. But probably, you know, not obviously no truth to that, but I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Oh, I guess you could fall back to, um, David Taylor was an undefeated freshman. Oh, yes. When he got, oh, man. And he, and he, when he got pinned by no other than Bubba Jenkins, who was <laughs> on Penn State's team when Kale Sanderson nuts. was there. So you could probably say that maybe Kale Sanderson gave Bubba Jenkins a call and was like, hey, I'm going to have him shoot it on you. You're going to split a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't have nobody walking through their freshman year being undefeated. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Levi Haynes. Yeah. So it's, Sits there as a true freshman. Hey, we need to knock him off early. Two seed. So, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he, they seem to do it every year. They find some 
true freshman that they pulled the red shirt off of and you kind of wonder mid-season you, you rank eighth or ninth and what's he going to do and then all of a sudden you know here comes Aaron Brooks Carter Starachi you know um, Mark Hall Levi Haynes <laughs> these guys yeah. just slowly come out of the woodwork as a as a freshman and here he sits at the two seed because he knocked off Peyton Rob. You know, yeah. if, if he loses to Peyton Rob, he's he's more than likely a five seed. Right. Yeah, that's so, on the top. He he gets he gets put in a very good position. But that seventh seed, Bryce Andonia. Yes. I would say a fan favorite, at least one of my favorites. I'll, I I won't I won't say a fan favorite. One of my favorites, Andonian. You know, just his style. You just when yes. he's out there, so, you gotta watch him. You have to. You're like, all right, yeah. And Donion's out here. I don't care who else is wrestling. I'm gonna turn my attention to watch him. Him and Gomez last year. Oh man, yeah. That was throw for throw for throw for throw for throw. <laughs> oh, what's his first match out this year? He wrestled Ed Scott, and that match was fun. Oh yes, yeah. that, that match was a lot of fun. He majored him, yeah, but it was like. 25 to 12 or something. Like, I mean, they were just one guy would be on his back. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, Andonian's up six nothing, no big deal. He puts him on his back again. He's up, you know, ten to nothing. Then all of a sudden Ed Scott reverses him and puts him to his back and it's ten to four, you know, <laughs> ten to six. And yeah. yeah but Andonian's got he's got two losses and they're uh they're to Austin O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah. But, sitting there on the uh, seven line, like, hey, whatever. Yeah, and he's only got ten matches, which is probably why he sits at seven. But mm-hmm. he's a he's a finalist caliber guy, right? For sure. What the the semifinals last year against Lovett? He's up a weight, very mm-hmm. much looks comfortable at this weight. Um, he reminds me of Bo Nickel. Doesn't really <laughs> yeah. have this stance. Doesn't really have this muscular build. <laughs> But has this? I will pin you and toss you from any position. Try yeah. right. kind of stance. So like, you go to tie up with Andonian, and I've wrestled guys like this before. We're like, I don't even really have a stance. What's he do? Oh, I'm on my back. Like, <laughs> that's kind of how, how you watch Andonian wrestle. You just kind of, you know, like, is he gonna get in a stance? Is he gonna lead with the leg? And oh, oh, he just tossed the kid. Oh, all right, he's on his back. All right, what, what the <laughs> hell just happened? Bo Nickel reminded me of the same thing. Yeah. I had no real stance and was just like, you can shoot on my leg, but I'll pin you from there. <laughs> I'll shoot on you and you can try sprawl and I'll figure out a way to pin you back from yeah, there. Like that's just, yeah. Yeah. On a smaller scale as Andonian compared to nickel nickel. Is, right. You know, one of the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Four times finals, three times champ, but now he's now he's UFC fire. He's one and zero. I told the guys about it over the weekend, and they're like, "Oh, let's watch your boy Bo. Let's watch your boy Bo." Everybody's talking about him. Yeah, everybody's talking about him. Even big fight potential and all that kind of stuff. So I I told the the guys at work. I said, "You watch out for Bo Nickel. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a rising name coming through here." So got yeah, a little shout out to Bo. I guess they had a on the Big Ten weekend kind of splitting, you know, you watch the semifinals, you could watch the Bo Nickel fight with John Jones, and then you could jump right back yeah. into the finals of the Big Ten. So it was kind of a 
Yeah, it's fun having Bo Nichols smashed in there because he's he's making a name for himself in the in the ring in the octagon. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, squirrel. But <laughs> back to here, you well, know. Uh, yeah. Seabricked, you know, it was the Iowa guy sitting on, you know, 14 has Garrett Model or Modal of Wisconsin first round. And I don't believe those two have met yet this year. So I can't remember who they trotted out at 57 for the duel because I know they've dueled Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember if uh, Model came out or not. I don't believe he did. But Seabrook just kind of. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think Seabrecht wrestled. He didn't wrestle against Wisconsin. Wait, I lied. We're we're both liars. We're both liars. They did. They did wrestle. Yep. He beat him three two. He beat him three two in the duel. Okay. Okay. Might have been one of the matches where he. Okay. So, this will be a uh, redemption match, I guess. Probably why. Um, but Seabrick, in my mind, can go anywhere from 0-2 to All-American. Right. I, not a high All-American. I just, I see him, you know, he could find his way wrestling for 7th and 8th. Just based off the style he's got, a little bit of funk he's got. But I can also see based off the funk that he's got, he he could lose a close match to Garrett Model and then fall to the backside. And I'd like to think he'd beat Jared Hill from Oklahoma if that's who he ends up facing, but uh, I could see him getting into a spot where he doesn't, shouldn't be against the guy that's 16 and 10 and losing. So yeah, he's it'll, he'll be interesting. So like I said, you could see him anywhere from 0 and 2 to, you know, wouldn't surprise me if he goes 0 and 2 and gosh, wouldn't surprise me if he kind of found his way becoming an All-American because he's right. beaten a couple All-Americans this year. Yeah. You know, Will Luan's one of them. So. Yeah, and he was right there with Katie Fuller. So, right there with Peyton Robb when they wrestled. He's beaten Trevor Chumbly. So, yeah, he, he he's kind of all over the place, you know. Yes. Yep, but then he's got some bad losses. So, he's he could fall anywhere, but this tournament's one of its own be every single match yeah he's going to be wrestling a will luan almost every single match a chumley every single match so he's going to have his work cut out for him to get there so can he withstand this kind of a tournament against that caliber yeah he can beat a will luan but can he beat a will luan three times four times in a row a will luan a day in and day out Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Cody Bachman, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I have also a new website you can visit at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.